Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here with another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. Big day for me, actually, as we launched the Heavy Hockey Network on heavyhockey.com. To kick that off, a uh, guy that I've been trying to connect with for uh, some time and a uh, show that I really enjoy listening to, uh, Mr. Cody Jansen from the World Hockey Report. Thanks for joining me tonight. Man, happy to be here. Talk some Oilers, talk hockey. Season's yeah. almost here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're not far away now, right? Like a couple of weeks and, and uh, I mean, what a perfect day to talk hockey after a game like last night. I uh, didn't feel like preseason. No, it was an interesting game. There was a lot of a feel out process too. And I was, you know, in, in the building. So it kind of had a different vibe. There really wasn't that many fans there. Like not, it's not a jab at Oilers fans. It just, it was a Monday night. There really wasn't that much atmosphere in the building. But again, it started out a little weird. The Flames bury a couple. They get up 3-0. Then all of a sudden, they just went flat. And all of a sudden, the Oilers got a couple of power play opportunities, a couple of bounces go their way. You know, Markstrom gets taken out. Pugliarvi scores. <laughs> like, it, it just, things were just working for the Oilers. That's, that's just exactly how hockey is. And they get the power play going. And boom, they'll capitalize at will sometimes. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they really do. That power play is uh, something else. I mean, who knows? Um, you know how much, uh, how many penalties are going to get in the regular season? But um, if it if it goes on this track, and now that you got Hyman and Puliyarvi going at, uh, you know, Puliyarvi is really going on all cylinders now. If he, you know, carries that through the regular season, this it's potentially the best power play we've ever seen. I actually think, and this might be a hot take. I've talked about it before, though. Is that if Pugliari continues this trend, he could potentially, him and Hyman could end up replacing a Nugent Hopkins on the power play. They just have that much more lethal dynamics to their game than Nugent Hopkins. And don't get me wrong, he's an awesome. I mean, if Nugent Hopkins is on your top power play, you're not complaining. But again, the way Pugliari seems to have progressed, the way Hyman chases down pucks, his net front presence. I mean, if you go with Barry, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Hyman, Pugliarvi on your power play, you're still laughing. I mean, that's an unbelievable first unit. It is. It is unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean, it's nice to have a little bit of depth on your power play, no doubt, especially when it's your top power play that you can ask for depth. And even, uh, you know, you say that and uh, you could take Barry off the D and put either Nurse or Bouchard on there and you still have a hell of a D man. Uh, that's uh, on your power play. There's, there is, there's depth on that power play. Like with you, with and I mean, when you have Drysital and McDavid, there's really any host of different combinations you can put on there. Uh, you just get Drysital the uh, the puck in the right spot, and he seems to find a way. That that goal that he scored on the power play, uh, it didn't look like there was any room there. No, he's he's just an unbelievable finisher. I mean, when you talk about some of the best shooters in the league, he has to be in that conversation of not even just like top 10 anymore. It's like top five or top three. I mean, he's deadly. What what else does he need to do to get in the top five players in the NHL conversation? Yeah, I, well, this year, though, right? NHL. Yeah, NHL.com actually put him as number three this year, right? Which... I thought was a big step up. Uh, they, I, I said this when he scored 50 goals the year he scored 50, I said he was the least talked about NHLer to ever score 50 goals. And it wouldn't, you know, anybody else on any other team, if not playing on the same team as McDavid would be talked about and celebrated. And here's a guy that was, you know, right there for uh, the Rocket Richard. And nobody was talking about him the next year. And then finally, he won the heart. I think people kind of <laughs> stepped up and realized that, you know, when McDavid went injured and the Oilers still went on a hot streak, that uh, he was more than just a guy that plays alongside McDavid. He's outstanding. Yeah, and, and it gives Tippett also the flexibility where he can load up a line at the end of games. And, and it was interesting enough to see him put Pugliarvi out there with McDavid and Drysaddle at the end instead of a Hyman. You know, we're talking about, well, we're talking about Edmonton media is all talking about, oh, Hyman, Olympic team, Olympic team this, Olympic team that. Hyman 
is going to change the game. Well, he's the one sitting on the bench when they need a goal because they're trusting Pugliarvi more. I get it. He had a hot stick. It was preseason. It was Calgary, whatever. They're going, they're, they're flat out choosing Pugliarvi over Zach Hyman in must score situations. That says enough to me. Yeah, I, 100%. I, now, here, look, this brings up something else, though, because I, I actually missed the first two periods of last night's game. I caught the condensed version after, yeah, uh, which is, yeah, I didn't miss much. I mean, I miss, I miss the Oilers sleeping in the first period. I, you know, it makes me wonder, though, like I, I get into the third period and, and there's Tippett already uh, putting Dry Settle and McDavid in preseason together to, you know, grab a goal. Is this something like, is this something that we should be, you know, either a celebrating that we have the opportunity to do that or worrying that McDavid or McDavid Tippett goes uh, too often to the well with Dreisaitl and McDavid and not getting any consistency on those top two lines? That's interesting, but I would call it smart coaching, if anything, because he knows come regular season time, this is what he's going to have to do. If they're down by a goal against the Calgary Flames in the regular season, do you want them just to keep rolling the same, you know, two lines? Or do you want them to stack up line and say, hey, guys, you can take a 60, 90 second shift, just go score. So I, I think it's it's preparation for the season, right? It's preseason for everyone, including Dave Tippett. And he knows that he's got to get these guys some reps together because when it comes to meaningful hockey, if they need a goal, He's going to them. So might as well give them a few shifts together, at least even. I, I think they did play most of the third or at least the, the last yeah. 10 minutes together. But still, th- this is preseason for them also. And it would be pointless not to play them ever in the preseason as a trio. And then in the regular season, when you need a goal, be like, well, go out there. Try build some chemistry now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I find it hard to believe those two wouldn't find chemistry together, just the level of talent they've got. Uh, James on YouTube says, how good does Koskinen look right now? Uh, I mean, it was obviously a shaky saves. first, but yeah, he, he made some good saves. saves. There was a couple of goals that obviously he wants back. Like everyone's going, oh, his glove hand, his glove hand. They get the Gaudreau goal. Well, Gaudreau was on a breakaway. He puts a <laughs> yeah. perfectly placed shot post and in got stuck in the net no one even knew where it went that's how good it was so i would never fault the goaltender for that and we also got to consider that you just got to be one save better than the guy at the other end of the ice and that's jacob markstrom who koskinen out dueled i don't care if it's preseason or not koskinen was the better goaltender that's all grant, you need on a nightly basis he's your backup grant fear had a hall of fame career as being one save better right so Exactly. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, and, and I think, you know, when you look at that, uh, love or hate Goudreau and, uh, as an Oilers podcast, I hate Goudreau. Uh, but, uh, the guy's still got a ton of talent and, uh, you know, he might not show up come playoff time, but he can, he can shoot the puck. He can pick his spots and he didn't get called Johnny hockey because he was shit on the ice. That's for sure. So, uh, you can give him that a breakaway, I think he's the last guy you want on the flames going on a breakaway. He's probably going to bury it, uh, you know, more, more often than not. So I'll give Koskin in the break on that. I, I expect him. I don't know. You tell me, but I expect him to uh, come out with the, with the half decent season this year. I think last year was an anomaly. Uh, he had a, you know, and he talked about it quite openly. I mean, and people don't realize the personal side of this game, but he talked about how it was different. He didn't have his family there. Uh, you know, he's in um, really sort of, he's not at home in Edmonton. That's not his home. So, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot can be said about that. Uh, you think he's out, uh, you think he's going to be two years ago, Koskinen or last, last year, Koskinen? I was going to tell, I can't predict the future. You yeah. know what? I, I don't want to be too harsh on the guy because it's a new season. Give him a fresh new slate, right? That's, that's what you do for everyone. You, you can't just kind of pretend that last season didn't happen, but you also can't pretend like, Hey, he's not an NHL goaltender by any means because he is an NHL goaltender. It's just what role are you going to play him in? Are you going to play him in a starters role where he's going to start the first 11, 12 games of the season without preseason? Or are you going to give him a backup role where he's expected to play once or twice a week? He's going to, you know, compliment Mike Smith and his starting abilities or, you know, is Dave Tippett going to expect Koskinen to push for a starter's role? I don't think that's the case. I don't think there's any pressure on him to be the number one guy in Edmonton. 
the pressure comes is that you can't be losing games against Arizona, Anaheim, LA, and San Jose because Koskinen lets in three in the first period. That's soft. If, if he's not doing that, then you're fine. You just got to make one more save and as a backup goaltender, you know, be above 500 and you're fine. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I, I, I'm not, um, I'm certainly not down on Koskin. And I think that uh, there's a guy there that uh, has been an NHL caliber goalie for a number of years. If you talk to, you've got a goalie background, do you not? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but I, you know, I've talked to a lot of goalies about Koskin and they all feel like he's got the good mechanics of the game. You know, he sees the puck well and, and uh, a lot of good things about him. In fact, the guys that I find that are on Koskinen's side seem to be guys that understand uh, playing net versus, you know, that, you know, us lowly forwards or defense that uh, are out there that uh, never stopped the puck in our life, except when it hit us in the skate. <laughs> See, it's easy to criticize him from a, you know, watch it on TV or watch from the stands point, but you kind of bring up the life aspect. And that's another one that no one is going to understand unless you've played professional, played in the NHL. And for that matter of fact, even if you have, you've never played through a pandemic. You've never played in a season without fans. You've never played in a season where the guys can't go out for wings and beer after a big win. You know, it's different for absolutely everyone. Plus, you throw an absolute curveball in on he's one of two Finnish players on the team, one of, what, less than five Europeans on the team. He's away from his family, his wife, his kids, whatnot. Like, this is such an unheard of circumstance that to judge him based on strictly his on ice, yeah, you're going to say, hey, it was subpar. But so was his quality of life. So was his eight months grinding it out just to play in the NHL and make a paycheck. I mean, the matter of the fact is, is they're still human and they're going to make mistakes. And for Koskinen, sure. He found out he wasn't meant to be a starter in the NHL. That's fine. So are 30 plus other guys. Yeah, I'm in that uh, 31, if you can include me. <laughs> and what do you make of uh, Perlini? And I mean, it's preseason. Uh, I think Matheson came out with a tweet that I thought was a bit of a hot take on, on uh, I don't know if you read it, but about Ratty, <laughs> Ratty playing in Sweden. I think the two are a little bit different. Ratty played, of course, with McDavid uh, in preseason when he was scoring all those goals. Perlini seems to, and he's done it before, right? He scored some goals in the in the in the league and and so he can score goals uh look i think here's my take and and i'm curious to hear yours but my take is if he scores even half of what you know at half the rate he's doing now or or a quarter right i mean he's what a goal a game right now so if he's if he if he could score 10 that's better than our uh third and fourth line depth have done in previous years i'd be happy with that but do you think this is um are we seeing a player that's going to be a good depth scorer for, for the Oilers or is this just a shot in the shot in the dark? With well, first, can we talk about the welding mask he's got on? How have we <laughs> never seen this before? He's got the Danny Heatley visor on. I had no clue about that, but no, funny enough, Perlini, great guy too. We got to talk to him in the off season. And you know, one of the things that he mentioned multiple times was just being comfortable. And I believe I didn't listen to the whole post game presser the other night, but again, he talks about just being comfortable, knowing Dave Tippett, knowing kind of what he's expected to do. He's seen multiple realms, multiple leagues. He just, knows what to expect, right? And there's that comfortable factor with Tippett of this is what he expects me to do. And if I do this, he's going to reward me with this. Now, I mean, get it? He, I think Ennis made a great pass to him on the goal last night. But you don't score those goals if you don't know where you're supposed to be. If he's floating yeah. around the top of the circle, the hash marks, wherever, no, he's got a nose for the net now. He knows where to go. He's not a 21-year-old rookie anymore trying to crack into the league after a couple of huge years of juniors. No, this is a guy who's been around the map. He went over to Switzerland, played in a league where the goal scoring is very low. It's hard to come by. You can look at how Kubelik and those guys have done when they transition over to Chicago. It's a pretty natural touch. So now you put him in that fourth line role and everyone knows the NHL is changing. I'm an old school hockey fan. Anyone who's watched World Hockey Report knows that. But now you need production from your fourth line. If your fourth line is just crashing and banging, you're likely not going that far in the playoffs. I even look at a Pat Maroon in Tampa. You know, he still provides offensively. He still sets up chances. And so what you can get from Brendan Perlini this season, it's a lot more than you can get from a Ty Ratty. 
because he doesn't need to be shadowed by a Connor McDavid. He doesn't need to play with Leon Dreisaitl. You know, he, he's going to do stuff himself, and you, you watch Perlini one night, he might not be there, but the next night he might have a goal and an assist. And if you're getting that from your fourth line, as he said, at a 25% pace that he's currently at right now, you're laughing at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, if he can... He can be anywhere near what he's at. I mean, he's not going to be a goal a game. There's no doubt about that. But if he can, yeah, if he can do a quarter of that, I mean, I'd be, uh, I would be laughing. It would be if he's got 10, 15 goals. He's on a two-way contract right now. Like yeah. you can't convince me. And I think Tyler Benson has done a good job coming into camp and stuff, but he hasn't snuck out. You can't convince me you'd rather see Tyler Benson in the lineup on any given night compared to Brendan Perlini, where Perlini has that factor that he can score, he can change games, he can be a difference maker. I don't see that in Kyle Turris even right now. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, Perlini's obviously set himself from the pack. It brings up something interesting. I mean, what's the, what are the Oilers to do with Benson? I mean, he's just, he's kind of a, a victim of circumstance more than anything, right? I mean, here's a guy that, uh, you know, he just doesn't play the way you need him to play if he's going to be bottom six, right? And yet you can't put him in your top, top two pair, or top two lines because he's just not that good to play there today so he's kind of you know somewhere in between and and there is no in between so what do you do with him i mean he's obviously he's got to clear waivers if i'm not mistaken if he goes down well that's the thing is i think Tippett kind of has the conversation maybe it's holland and his agent and they say hey do you want to stick it out and try earn a spot on our lineup or do you want to go to arizona you know yeah. it's it, that simple it is do you want to be here or do you want to go try play somewhere else where it's going to be easier for you to get in the lineup? Because here it's not going to be easy because the Oilers have known for years and years that they need to improve their depth up front. They finally have. And now they're going, well, we put so much time into him that maybe we should keep him around. Maybe we should give him a couple extra chances. No, you're in win now mode and you're putting your best 12 forwards in the lineup. It's that simple. Hey, I got you for another minute. Uh, there, Cody, and I just want to uh, get your opinion on this. What's um, if you had to today uh, kind of look at what's happened in camp? What's your who's your biggest disappointment? Who's the who's the one you're most surprised at outside of Perlini? We know Perlini's uh, big surprise, but uh, biggest disappointment in camp so far. Biggest disappointment in camp. Well, I, I've watched a few games, and I hate to throw it on Cody CC early. But I, I really I want to see more of him this season. I feel like if he is your number six defenseman, I feel like that was a waste of an offseason move. I really want to see Cody CC make a little bit of a bigger impact. And, and that's at both ends of the ice. I don't want to see him floating around. I don't want to see a guy. How, what, I, I forget the contract term now. What was it? Three over three million, something like that. Yeah. yeah you know, I, 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 I don't want to see a three plus million dollar defenseman float around out there. I could see someone do that for 800 K. I can see Slater Cuckoo do that for a third of the price. Right. Cuckoo has been outstanding, right? Like, I mean, for what you get from him, right? Like he's the guy, right? He's our new, um, uh, geez, I can't believe, uh, Ben, <laughs> Matt Benning, right? Like, you know, well, he's, that, that's, and that's, that's the thing it. is that if you're getting the same out of Slater Cuckoo and Cody CC, now you got to start questioning the offseason tra- move by Ken Holland. And, and I'm sorry, it's way too early to do that. But again, he has not stuck out like I hoped him to, especially in preseason where you're playing weaker lineups. As for who has stuck out you know, in a good way, I'd say Pugliarvi. I think he's moving faster than ever. I think he's reading the game better than ever. And I think he's finally, not to say that he's just getting his confidence, but he's getting that swagger in the NHL. And you can really tell when someone flips a switch from being a good hockey player to a good NHLer. And that's what I'm seeing from Yessa Pugliarvi is he's really got that knack for I belong here. Yeah. Not just I'm here, it's I belong here. And that's what I'm seeing from him this year. And that's why I think that 25 goals is in the realm easily. Excellent. Well, great to hear. Hey, I know you've, uh, you want to get out and watch the uh, game tonight. Uh, who are you rooting for quickly, Boston or, or Yankees? I can't root for the pinstripes. No, it's, <laughs> uh, I, as much as I'm a Cubs guy, so I'm rooting for Rizzo and Schwarber. But again, I, I'd rather see Boston move on. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks for joining me tonight, Cody. Michael, you're the man. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. You got a great show going. Excellent. Thanks. Have a great night. And that was uh, 
Mr. Cody Johnson from World Hockey Report uh, joining me. I'm going to have as my guest in about uh, nine minutes time, a fellow who does the Res Hockey Podcast. So check him out. Uh, his name's Trev, and uh, he does Res Hockey Podcast. Um, if you want to uh, follow him, I think it's just Res Hockey Pod. Let me um, let me double check this uh, quickly, but uh, or it's at, it's at Res underscore Hockey. And if you want to follow Cody, which uh, you know I know a lot of you are, he's got a pretty popular show on there. Uh, you can follow him at World Hockey RPT or World Hockey Report is where he's at. Uh, he's got a great show. He goes, um, uh, I think. <laughs> Let me get this right here. He goes uh, live noon, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on uh, 12 Ounce Sports and on Zingo TV. Uh, he's got, a, honestly, Cody's got a top-notch show. He's he's done a lot of great things. Um, I love interacting with him. Guy knows his hockey. You know, it's just, uh, just a ton of fun. And, and you know what? He does, um, he kind of covers everything. And, uh, you know, he's got some great guests on there. Does a really good job, so I enjoy uh, both of them. But if you got a chance, check out um, at Res underscore Hockey, and Trev's going to be my guest in about eight minutes' time. Uh, he does uh, weekly, or or not weekly, but he does podcasts with Indigenous players, uh, you know, around the league and otherwise, uh, just guys that play hockey. And uh, he came highly uh, recommended from my friend Name, who. Uh, is the uh, from Indigenous Rookie Cards. And so, thanks, Name. I thought I'd get uh, Trev on uh, for tonight's show. And tonight's show, by the way, is pretty special for me because this is a, uh, a night where we have launched heavyhockey.com. So I want you to go to uh, heavyhockey.com, obviously, check it out. We've got one article posted by Eric Friesen today. Uh, it's about who's going to finish third in scoring for the Oilers, which I think is a great topic uh, of conversation because we we know who's number one and who's number two. Uh, so a lot of uh, things uh, there going on. You know, you got Hyman, uh, who's going to be playing a lot with um, McDavid this year. You got uh, Pugliarvi, who, you know, as Cody was just saying, looks great and could get 25 to this year, uh, pot 25. You got... Tyson Berry, who, um, you know, if he continues his pace on the power play, he could easily uh, finish third on the team. Always a perennial favorite, Ryan Nugent Hopkins on there. Darnell Nurse, maybe he had a hell of a year. I expect bigger and better things from him. You know, just uh, who knows, right? Like there's lots of options uh, on the Oilers for the first time in a long time. I was looking at that lineup last night. Uh, you know, I mean, what Cody said about Cody CC, um, true, right? I mean, you expect more from him. I think what we're going to get more come regular season, but this team looks, um, looks pretty solid and they, you know, they got to get, obviously they got to get their defensive, uh, uh, piece in the works and, and I think they can do it. I think they can uh, put that all together. These, um, you've got, uh, Keith who, who hasn't played a lot of games yet and hasn't been on the ice uh, for a little while with the team. So now that he's there and he's uh, doing that, I expect more out of him as well. Anyway, check out again, heavyhockey.com. Check out Eric's article. And then we've got a couple more articles coming up. Uh, we've got some great writers. We've got Ryan Lotzberg, who used to do uh, the podcast uh, for uh, Edmonton Oil Drops. He, or not podcast, sorry. He used to do a little blog uh, for Edmonton Oil Drops. Uh, I've got Zane Bonji, who uh, who was a contributor for a lot of different hockey sites, um, including the Hockey Writers. Uh, I've got uh, Matthew Evans. Uh, some of you know him as Mevs or, or O Boomer. He does a lot of great uh, little gifts and media uh, content. And then, of course, um, we've got the guys that do all the podcasts and the writing. Eric, Eric Friesen, actually, um, who's going to be writing lots uh, for me. And uh, doing other things is um, is also uh, is also on there, and uh, he's um, Eric's been great. He, um, you know, he uh, he's um, going to be leading the charge when it comes to the writing and editing and picking what kind of content we have. So, 
you know, take take a look at that and uh, tell us what you think. Give me some feedback. Send me some feedback at Oilers Live. Uh, send me some feedback in the chat. Uh, thanks, name uh, website does. Uh, it looks great. It's good. We're going to do a lot of different things on there. I've got Spencer Pomodi. He's going to start doing some uh, prospect stuff. Uh, I'm going to be starting hopefully soon a podcast on uh, the Halifax Mooseheads, uh, which is where I'm located now. So we'll do a little bit of Halifax Mooseheads and go from there. So lots of different uh, and exciting things uh, happening there. We'll continue to do the live streams with Straight Off the Pipe with Dash and Durst. They're going to be moving to Sunday nights. And uh, I'll continue on Tuesday nights. I'm going to have to figure something out, though, come game times, uh, what I'm going to do if I'm going to go after post-game or pre-game or, you know, switch nights, maybe do. I noticed there's some games Tuesday nights, maybe switch to Wednesday nights. We'll figure that out as we go. And the Heavy Hockey Network will continue to evolve. And if you're looking at all to join uh, or to do be a part of this, uh, please reach out to me. I'd love to, you know, talk to other people, whether they want to do some writing or they want to do maybe live streams or podcasts. Uh, I'm always happy to help out and, and uh, could always use new content of course, we'll kind of go through a little bit of a, a vetting process to make sure that everything looks good. I am uh, going to move here right away to get uh, Trevor's on, Trevor's on and, and joined. We're going to get him on uh, right away and just make sure. Give me about half a second and we'll, um, we'll get him back. Uh, stay tuned for about two seconds. Hey, 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 we've got Mr. Trevor Eisterhoff. Did I say that right, Trevor? Yeah, you got uh, right on the button, Eisterhoff. All right, awesome. Well, pleasure to have you on, and uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Mr. You're, the, you're one of two, right? One of the co-hosts of Res Hockey. You've got a partner, do you, that uh, does that? Yeah, I'm one of two co-hosts on the show. My other co-host, his name is Dennis Major, but... He goes by Bush, so everyone calls him Bush. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll have to get Bush on sometime as well. Uh, I just came across you uh, recently. And, of course, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Name, who does, uh, who has the uh, Indigenous Rookie Card Collection, he, uh, he spoke highly of you guys. And, and so I was looking at, um, I was looking at your, uh, your site. Oh, sorry. You know what? I've just, I had you on mute. So. Thanks. Uh, thanks to name pointing out they can't hear you. So funny because you said some of the most brilliant stuff just now. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Appreciate having you on, though. So again, uh, we'll we'll just uh, carry on from here. But we had um, I've had name on a couple of times, and I talked to name. Uh, I'm I'm actually fifty uh, percent uh, Cree myself. And so I've got, uh, I don't know if you know, but I've got my own uh, rookie card out that's going into the next upper deck, my MVP set. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm sending that out to name. It's not, uh, it'll probably be the least valuable in his collection, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was still pretty exciting to have a hockey card that some poor kid's going to open and see my face <laughs> looking back at them. Yeah. So how long have you been doing the podcast for? 
Um, originally, I wanted to start the podcast in this, in January, but I got ill, so I had to delay the show. And we are um, 15 episodes in, so uh, this week will be episode number 16. So we've been not two months and some change into uh, doing the podcast. Not right on. No, that's great. 16 episodes is huge. That's a lot of people. Uh, now you, is it every episode you interview an indigenous player? Um, as of right now, yeah, but, um, we're going to switch it up a bit. Um, I know some non-natives who want to be on the show and share their stories and I'm all for it. So uh, yeah, we're going to have different people just share their stories as past guests on the show. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, we've had this conversation. Uh, name has brought a lot of um, recognition to Indigenous players, both in the NHL and, and otherwise, you know, guys that uh, you, in fact, you had a young guy that um, is playing in Seattle, right? What's his name? Connor Roulette. Connor Roulette. Yeah. So, you know, there's um, some up and coming players, obviously. And then, uh, you know, if you're, I don't know if you're an Oilers fan. Uh, but uh, a lot of Oilers fans, of course, uh, knew Ethan Bear, you know, who's uh, um, now, of course, out in Carolina, and we and we wish him the best. But there are a lot of um, you know Indigenous players, and some that you know you don't realize are, or or you know, um, like Grant Fear, of course, and and um, yeah, Theron Fleury, and some other guys that not everybody realizes are have some in, in Indigenous uh, ancestry. Uh, and it's great, right? That um, it's great to see that somebody else is out there promoting that. I think um, I think what's interesting, uh, Trevor, is is you know we're going through a point in uh, our lives, and in you know that social media has become such a big thing. Twitter, of course, can have uh, it can be just as toxic as it can be fun and exciting. Uh, lots is being made of hockey culture in recent years. You grew up playing hockey, did you, Trevor? Yeah, I grew up playing in Thunder Bay. Um, I made, I played AAA, I played junior, played senior and whatnot. So I, I grew up playing the game. Uh, my dad played the game, a lot of families. So yeah, I grew up watching and playing the game. Yeah. And, and, you know, in your experience, do you think it's getting better out there, like hockey culture, or do you think it's the same, worse? I mean, we, uh, you know, the, over the past year, we've done a lot, right? Like we've, you know, yeah. the, um, uh, the uh, I can't remember the name of the group that they put in place for the NHL, uh, the Diversity Alliance. Is that what they've called it? Yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. Um, like, do you think it's getting better or do you think it's about the same or what's your take on it? I think we're moving the right way. We're moving forward and I think we're moving slowly, but just as long as we're moving forward, um, it's totally different compared to back like the nineties and eighties, but with what's helping a lot is social media, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot, everything else people are understanding and they're known and starting to learn the history of um, our past and racism really. And so it, it is, I can see it that we're moving forward, which is really good. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know what I, that's my take on it. I, I think that, uh, Sometimes we can focus on what seems like a real, you know, there's, there's a lot of really loud people out there that are not maybe moving forward, but <laughs> you know, you kind of, if you can, if you can drown them out and, and really look and have a look at the majority of people, I think there's a lot of great people out there and, and a lot of people that are in hockey that I think there's a lot of hope that, um, you know, hockey culture is, is maybe turning a corner. I can tell you, uh, and um, this might be a bit of a uh, hot take for some, but I, the hockey culture here in Nova Scotia is certainly better uh, than it was in Alberta when I was playing there. And I play a lot of hockey, and I can tell you the um, you know locker rooms are different here. They're the the folks are a little bit more accepting, and and um, and you know it's I think it's it's good, and and. I've really appreciated that fact about being out here. Um, but I, th I still think there's a little ways to go. And I think, you know, folks like yourself that are putting uh, good content out and, and name and, and there's a, and there's a couple other people on Twitter 
um, that, uh, that I follow indigenous hockey, um, I think is, is the, is the, is the guy. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's, uh, yeah, there's some really good, uh, folks out there that are, you know, putting, uh, putting the right, um, content out and, and making for some, uh, really good conversations. So, you know, I want to, I want to thank you for that because I, I'm, I've, I've just looked at some of what you've had to put out in the past or, or recently, and it's great. Like, you know, give um, some of these guys a voice, right. That wouldn't otherwise have a voice. Yeah. Who is the, um, out of all the people you've talked to, uh, is there one that uh, was most memorable? I think um, Mr. Harry York, uh, Harry's from uh, Alberta boy and he played for St. Louis, the Rangers, the Penguins and the Canucks, and he had some great stories. Hilarious guy. He's the only one so far that was on the show twice. So he had some good stories to share. <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, just, uh, you know, if you ever need somebody on the show, don't forget, you can always ask me. For sure. Uh, so, what are, are you? Uh, who, is, who is your favorite team? Um, I don't one know. Right answer, by the way. Only one yeah, right no, answer. Like, no, no, no. Do you I, do I want to say it? But uh, I, love, I, I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, I, I bleed blue and white. And I've always been a fan. No, Unfortunately, I was named. On, um, my father named me after a defenseman, Trevor Johansson, a defenseman from the 70s. So, yeah, I uh, we're a true. My family is a true uh, Leafs family. So let's let's talk about something that we can all that we all know about. It's uh, Hyman, right? Yeah. And uh, you watched Hyman play obviously last year. He played with Matthews. Played with that. What um, what kind of player do you think we're getting? He's a heart player. Like he's going to go in the corner. He's going to get that puck. And he's that dirty player that he'll he'll totally dig out that puck in front of that. He'll get a lot of garbage goals, but a goal is a goal in the show. I'll, I'll be happy with if I ever had a garbage goal in the, in the league. So, and I think with playing with McDavid, he's going to get all like 35, 30, 35 goals. Easy. Yeah. I don't know if you tuned in when Cody was on, but uh, you know, he, he brings up a good point. You'd know this, you played uh, pretty competitive hockey. But guy, there are certain guys out there that you know. Yeah, I've played with them in in my throughout my life and and uh, playing hockey. And they, you know, they can't skate, they can't do anything, but they get like thirty goals a you know a season or something, right? And they just have a knack for being in the right place at the right time. And I'm not. And and the difference, obviously, with Hyman is he can skate. He's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of energy. And he's a hell of a likable guy. Like, is there a likable person in the league? I don't know, you know, um, but I, you know, I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a good player for the Oilers. Were you sad to see him go? Oh, I was totally sad. I wish they would have had enough money in the cap to try to save him, but uh, it, it's, it's a business. So it's, I'm la- I'm happy that he's in another Canadian city. That's, even though it's with the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, like last year, did that do something in terms of the rivalry between Edmonton and Toronto? Because you're, I mean, you're cheering for a team that, you know, all Canadians hate, right? Like if you yeah. don't love Edmonton, if you don't love Toronto, you hate Toronto, right? Exactly. Um, I don't think the Oilers are that team, although they're close. Uh, the Habs kind of have that same sort of thing, right? You either love the Habs yeah. or you hate them. But those are two, you know, very old, got a lot of tradition type of teams. Uh, do you feel like the rivalry, though, after last year was good, like for for Edmonton and Toronto? Like, I love a good rivalry. Like, if you honestly, if you're a, if you're a Maple Leafs fan and you hate the Oilers, I respect that, right? Like, I I yeah. respect the rivalry. Like, I always tell people, you know, if you're a Flames fan. You got to respect the rivalry. Don't be cheering for Edmonton if they make it into the Stanley Cup finals, right? Like, that's not your place. You should be cheering for them to lose because the rivalry is there for a reason. It's, you know, it's fun. It's exciting. And, and I'm not, I don't believe this, um, <laughs> you know, flying the Canadian flag thing when it comes to Stanley Cup. In fact, I, uh, uh, you know, I'd rather not see another Canadian team win the Stanley Cup if it's not the Oilers. <laughs> What's your take on that? Yeah, I do like a good rivalry. And I think every Canadian city has their true fans. And once the Canadian cities play each other, it's all, it's, I don't want to say hate, hate's a powerful word, but they don't like each other. But yeah, I agree with you. It's Habs or 
Habs are number one for dislike teams. I don't know what's why it's why is it like that, but but yeah, like uh, my co-host Bush, she's a big Oilers fan, and we chirp each other all the time. And but yeah, it's it can get friendly, but at the same time, it can get pretty nasty. But it's it brings out the best of every, everyone, though. It's it's all laughs and uh, having a good time. Yeah, it does bring out the best of everyone as long as you as long as you realize that. Um... Uh, it's it's a game, right? Like, and you're not, you know, yeah. you don't take it too far. I think exactly. That, um, I think enjoying the rivalry. In fact, uh, tonight we've got a little bit of a Oilers Twitter fantasy hockey league going on, and there's in the background in the Twitter DMs, there's a lot of chirping going on. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're you know you're out there trying to get the best chirp in, but you know, you love the guys that you're competing against, you know, you like them and, and it's just like hockey, right? You can get out there, play your, play your heart out, even drop the mitts with somebody. And then, uh, if you're a drinker, I'm not, but you could go and have a beer with them as I've seen in senior hockey, you know, a million times, you know, guys, um, you know, they drop their, drop their mitts in the game and then they go home and, and, uh, or go to the, the pub after and drop a beer with somebody, right. Or, and have a beer with somebody. And that's and that's hockey, <laughs> right? like that's, and and it's and there's nothing more Canadian, <laughs> exactly, right? Like I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So when you played, what were what was your uh, what did you play? I was uh, a defenseman, and uh, I wasn't really much of a a goal scorer or a puck moving defenseman. I kind of was one of those guys that was uh, that liked to drop the gloves and. I would uh, give you a good hack here and there if you uh, <laughs> deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I um, I wish that. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think that uh, it, well, forwards always deserve it when they're in front of the net. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm getting a little bit of uh, conversation. I don't know if you're able to turn your volume up just a touch. Some people are having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Okay. Maybe just see if you can turn that up just a touch. Let's see if I can do anything on my side. If I can, then uh, then I will. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit better. I mean, okay. I can, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So let's hope uh, let's hope people can hear you better. I think that um, once I put the recording out uh, on podcast, it'd be um, just because I can tell my audio levels, but I don't know where everybody else is. So we're streaming, uh, streaming live right now. Uh, tell me something else. Then you think um, you think Toronto has uh, has a legit shot this year? Did you think they got better, or do you think they got a little bit worse in the off season? What's your take? I think it, it's tough because they lost Hyman and they lost like one guy I like was Bogosian. He was a heart. He's a stay-at-home defenseman, and he left. So, like, who's going to replace him as that stay-at-home defenseman leadership type? So, it's hard to say. I really, after losing to the Habs in the playoffs, I I don't know where. Like, I don't want to set high expectations and just be disappointed again. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see after October, I guess, how things pan out. But being a Leafs fan, it's 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 hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, what's your take on the? Uh, I, I'm not gonna. And, and uh, you might hate me for saying this, but I don't think uh, Matthews is in the same boat as McDavid. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But what's your take on the Matthews versus Drysital conversation? What? Uh, who That's would a, you take? Oh, I'd pick Drysital. I I think that guy's in another universe. He's so good, man. You can't get him off the puck. He's just really strong. He has a good shot. Yeah, so I'd pick. Even though I love the Leafs and Matthews, I'd pick Dry Saddle. Yeah, and and uh, here we'll we'll have a little bit of a love in between Toronto fans and Oilers fans because I like I would I would totally pick Dry Saddle, hundred percent. But I will tell you that uh, Matthews shot. There's nothing else like it in this league, and it drives me uh, insane. I and I think you know Leafs fans do this. And Oilers fans do it, but I don't think hockey fans do this. And that's and that's respect a guy for the skill that he has, right? So, like I asked you, because I was curious, right? Some some guys would um, you know, would say Matthews just because they're Leafs fans, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And 
And in, in, you know, there's some Oilers fans who would say dry settled because they're Oilers fans. I think it, you know, it's somewhere in the middle. I, I do think dry settles better, not because I'm an Oilers fan, but I'm a hockey fan. And as a hockey fan, I can appreciate the skill level that Matthews brings to the league, right? Like the guy has an unbelievable shot. He's going to be, you know, year over year, he's going to be fighting for that rocket Richard trophy. Uh, and, um, I, I just think, you know, when you compare the two dry has got, you know, a, maybe a more complete game and the scoring touch. And, uh, but look, I, if, if I had Matthews on my team, I wouldn't be, <laughs> I wouldn't be complaining, <laughs> right? Like that's the yeah. thing, right? Like, and I, and that's the part that, um, that's the part that I, I don't get, right? Like it's, it's like, you can't appreciate it. And in fact, I had Cody on recently and he said, um, you know, we were talking about goal scorers like Hyman, right? That just find the right place at the right time. Anytime I have this little joke that I say on the uh, on the pod all the time, when a guy gets his first goal, I always say, "Damn, they they've now scored one more goal than me in the NHL." <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the way I look at it. We got Robert on uh, YouTube. He says, "I truly wish we could just appreciate the skill without labels. Maybe one day soon we'll all get there." I think that's true, right? It is true, yes. Yeah. Now, what's your take on this whole Marner thing? I mean, us Oilers fans, we're looking at this. You know, as as um, you can sit there. Do you spend a lot of time on Twitter? Yeah, I do. Recently, I have, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, it can be incredibly toxic. And so if you like your team, you can sit there and you can watch fans to completely demolish players on there. You know, and talk about them as if they're nobody. Right. We're yep. talking about Koskinen, who's a goaltender or backup, right? In Edmonton. And he had a bad year last year. He had, you know, he was uh, known for letting in the first goal. And certainly you, you know, you, you get upset. But I always, like, I always hesitate to say that guy is garbage, right? Or something like that, comments like that. And I, and I hesitate because, hey, I've never played in the NHL. <laughs> right, <laughs> like you know, I've played against guys and I've played with guys like alumni and that, and I've played against guys that have played in the NHL and and they are at a completely different level. The worst of them is better than me, and so for me to say that guy's garbage seems a little bit, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like who am I to say? And so. That guy may, might not be good enough to be on the team, right? Like that's a different kind of statement, right? Or that guy doesn't have the skill level to be on this team or that guy's, you know, maybe skill level isn't where it should be to be, you know, a second liner. That's, that's a different conversation altogether. But comments like that guy's garbage just sort of get to me um, because I think, you know, they're certainly playing at a lot higher level than I've ever been able to, so... Um, but do you find, uh, this and where I was going with this is, do you find people are being a little too hard on Marner lately? Yeah. Especially, um, last, last playoffs, like against Montreal, he didn't perform as well as people thought and he didn't show up really like, and people like they took shots at him on social media and people are going to his house in Toronto. And they were, so they were taking it way too far. He's human like you and I, he makes mistakes like you and I. So people just forget like he's, and he's a young kid too. He's his early twenties. So he's going to make mistakes. They are just kids. Yes. And people just got to remember that they make mistakes like everyone else. So. Yeah, I, I, 100%. I didn't realize people went to his place, but I can tell you this, like, I, and I'm not going to um, defend Oilers fans here because <laughs> McDavid was out at a restaurant a couple of years ago and the Oilers weren't doing so well and some people were heckling him while he was out with his parents. So, you know, it's, there are hockey fans everywhere that just take it a little bit too far. And it's a fun sort of pastime for us hockey fans to pick on other people's hockey fans, right? Like, you know, if I go to Toronto, uh, Toronto I, I get back and tell everybody, oh, Toronto fans are the worst. Or if I go to Calgary, oh, Calgary fans are the worst and Oilers fans aren't so bad, <laughs> but we've got our, we've got our share. I've seen some pretty bad 
shit go down at um at Oilers games between uh, fans and and I've been to you know Flames fans always talk about how great their fans are. I've been to a lot of Flames games where Flames fans haven't been so uh appreciative of my Oilers garb. <laughs> yeah, so you know that's um that's just the way it is, right? I think there's a lot of bad fans out there, but there's a lot of great ones. Yeah. What's your um who who do you think are the teams to beat this year? You think uh like Tampa's in another class of its own? Are they gonna be uh close to doing a repeat this year? Uh do you think Chicago like where do what do you think is gonna happen with Chicago? They got the Jones brothers there now, and of course they've got Flurry. You know, are they gonna come back and do something better? I think they are. They have a healthy Jonathan Taze back. Um I live in Kenora, Ontario, and Jonathan has lives like off the lake pretty much all summer and he wasn't here at all the summer. So, you know, he's really looking and looking forward to the season. So I think with him being back, he's the captain. He's a backbone of that team. And uh, I think they're going to have a good run this year. And I, I think they might take it. I would pick them out of the West and maybe even though I don't want, like I live two hours from Winnipeg, so I think Winnipeg might be the team that wins it all. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, you know, it was so, good having you on the show, but <laughs> I, I like Winnipeg. <laughs> like, no, I, you know what? They've got a good, they've got a good team, and they've certainly got the goaltending right. Like this is. Yeah. Um, there's uh there's certainly nothing <laughs> wrong with their goaltending. I I um I'm giving you a hard time, Trevor, but I know. oh man, Chicago and then Winnipeg, and I'm not hearing anything about the Oilers. You know this is an Oilers live stream. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> well, and I went to go see the Oilers and Winnipeg play last week. And it was, it was a good game. Oh, you were at that game. Good. Yeah, Winnipeg played everyone. They had all their big shots, their yeah, they were their hired home, guns. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it was the only person I knew off of uh, Edmonton was Bouchard. Yeah. So, yeah. But that kid's a good defenseman. He is a good defenseman, you know, and he's, um he's got a pretty good future in the league. He's I'm, I'm, I'm convinced and uh, uh, that uh, he is going to hurt somebody really bad with his slap shot one day. <laughs> 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 like he, you know, the thing with Bouchard is he finds a way to get pucks to the net. But he is also a um, like he's got like one hell of a wicked shot when he um, when he lets it go and and it flies like it it goes it's it 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 rises quite a bit and I think that um, you know I, I think that uh, I just uh, feel like he's gonna really hurt somebody <laughs> one day. <laughs> I mean he put up unreal numbers in in junior though uh, and um, and he's. You know, the knock on him has always been defense, but I, I don't think people have given him a lot of, uh, a lot of credit. You know, he's, he's worked on it. He's maturing. He looks like he's 80 years old, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hey, I've got Rob, uh, Rob on YouTube. He's, uh, did you watch uh, any of the Calgary um, Oilers highlights from last night? No, I haven't. Okay, well, uh, just in the game, there was uh, Connor McDavid went and zipped past the D man and uh, Tanev, who's playing D for Calgary. It was a lot like a regular season game last night, I thought. Uh, but Connor went, uh, you know, past the D man and then Tanev came around and kind of, I guess, like a moving can opener type of play into Connor's legs. And he went flying into uh, Markstrom in the net. And the Oilers scored on the play but no penalty was being called and uh, Calgary actually reviewed it, but said that uh, Connor was tripped and going into the net and they, um, you know, there's, there's for the first time in a while, right. Uh, Connor actually talked about it after the game and he's, you know, you can tell me this. I like, I find Connor McDavid to be about as boring an interview as anybody I've ever seen. And that's with a lot, like I say that with a ton of respect, he is a product, like 110%. He is a product, right? Like I'm sure his agents, everybody around him have, uh, 
you know, talked to him his whole life about what he can and can't say. And he chooses his words very wisely to the point, though, where he doesn't always stick up for himself. Well, last night in the uh, post-game presser, he brought up the play that Tanev put out there. And he said, you know, this guy, like defensemen have to be aware of where their stick is. And, you know, it's a, it's a, um, you know, he didn't call it a dirty play, but it's a dangerous play. He's left, you know, flying into the goalie so he could get hurt. The goalie could get hurt because he's flying into the goalie. And the guy that puts his stick into the legs, nothing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, um, I guess, you know, what's, what's your thought? I mean, is this, um, like, maybe, I, maybe I should switch things because you didn't see the play. <laughs> but I guess what I'm curious about, because this is kind of a thing that I think Connor McDavid's finally kind of upset about. And you can answer this either by Connor McDavid standards or by, you know, think about Marner or Matthews or whatever. Like, are we doing enough in the league? to protect guys like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, right? You know, are we doing enough? Are we calling enough calls or, you know, even McDavid talked about, you know, the cross-checking being called in preseason, but expecting it to go away once regular season comes. What, what's your thought? Do you know, is, is, the, is the league doing enough to protect its stars? I don't think they are because they're allowing players to keep doing what they've been doing the slashing the cross checking and it's it's going to cost the league like once like i don't want none of these top end players to get hurt because there goes their the club's revenue there goes the the view like the ratings on tv so it's going to hurt them in the long run just not the team but the whole league and 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 a lot of fans don't want their top players to get hurt as well so and I don't think the league should is doing enough, but like with the cross checking, I hope it continues in the during the during the season. But it's it's hard to say. Like, but I I would like to see something more because I don't want no one, especially the top players that the kids love and want to watch, get hurt and sit the season. Yeah, and these guys are doing things that like I don't know how old you are, Trevor, but I'm you know I'm in my forties. I remember, you know, minor hockey uh, playing and, and the practices we had. And then I've, I've gone out and I've watched some of the practices they have today. It's a completely different game, right? And it is the, the skill level on these kids from a young age is off the charts, right? It's stuff that we didn't even know. Like, you know, I don't even think they had, they had a name for the toe drag when we were growing up, <laughs> right? You know, like, like these guys are good. Right. I mean, you can you can't teach hockey sense. I mean, I've played with enough alumni to know that, you know, they they would have been able to play in today's game just as much as they could play in the old game. They would have just learned the skills, right? Like they were natural. Yeah. Well, no, I don't believe in the natural athlete thing, but they worked hard enough to be where they were at and they had the hockey sense to do it. Um, but I do believe that we need to um we need to like protect the players rob on on youtube says um uh, we should have answered the bell if if uh, or we we had to answer the bell if we did something dirty you know i i think that i think that's you know that's a part that's out of the game that used to be there i just think that there's there's got to be more to be done whether it's you know what i think what rob's implying on on the youtube uh, broadcast is that we you know maybe get rid of the instigator rule or something like that or or maybe bring back the enforcers um, I don't know what the answer is, but, you know, we've watched really skilled players get hurt. And I, you know, I, I think as a hockey fan, right? Like if I watched, even if I watched Austin Matthews get hurt, even though I'm not a Leafs fan, right? And, and when Austin's playing Edmonton, I hate Matthews, right? <laughs> you know, right? But I hate yeah. him. I hate him only because he's on the opposition. But do I want to watch the highlights that this guy puts together year after year? Yeah, hell yeah. Right? Like I want to yeah. see, as a hockey fan, I want to see this type of skill. 
you know, I, I, I think that, you know, the NHL, you know, that's the skill they should be marketing. Right. Exactly. Yep. That's yeah. for sure. Because I love watching Oilers. I love watching McDavid get that puck and just skate down, down the wing and score a goal. Like he's one of a few that can do that in the league. And so they have to promote it. They, they have to put him on a pedestal and just here, like, and just everyone just feed off him because he's that good. And not too many other players can do that in the league. So just go with it and let him shine. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know what, Trevor, we're, uh, we're at the end of the hour here and, and uh, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, this is evidence to those of you that listened in today that um, not all Leafs fans are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. It was fun. Yeah, no, it was it was a great time. Uh, before we go, I I do like to um, let my guests kind of have the last say, and then I I shut it down. and And I wouldn't mind if you stayed on for a couple of minutes just so I could chat with you quickly before you go, if yeah, you have sure. the time. Um, but, uh, you know, as I said, I like, uh, you say the last words, kind of let, um, love to hear what you've got up next for, uh, res hockey, let everybody know where they can find you. And then, uh, just, uh, wish everyone a good night and I'll throw the end screen on and we're good to go when you're ready. We have a Facebook page called res hockey. Uh, we don't have our website yet. I'm still trying to work, th- work on that, but, uh, we're on the podcast is on Apple. Spotify, Google, iHeart, and all that. Pretty much every uh, iPod, iPod um, podcast available. And uh, we're once a week. And this week, we'll have former NHLer Rich Pilon on the show, which so should be a great episode. All right. Well, your turn. You say good night. <laughs> all right. Good night, uh, Oilers Nation going to be a good season good luck and uh all the best from a a loyal lease fan <laughs> <laughs>